When it comes to purposes, we hold ourselves back because A, we don't think we have one and B, because we might know it, but we think it's not possible to make it happen. And so those are two different things. And all of it is yes, you do have a purpose. And purpose is simply, people make a big thing out of the word purpose. It's being fulfilled, having meaning in your life, waking up in the morning, feeling like you are valuable, that you have a reason for being. And if you weren't here, it would matter because you have a mission. A lot of times missions start small and then they grow. Welcome to Captivate the Room with your host, internationally known voice expert, Tracy Goodwin, an award-winning speaker who has taught hundreds around the globe to make a big impact with their voice. This podcast is for anyone who wants to step onto a bigger stage, make a bigger impact, and have a voice that makes people listen. Presentation matters, and the voice is the missing link. Join in and you'll see why. Welcome to the podcast. So happy to have you with me today as always. And I've got a great episode for you today. I've got a great guest for you today. Actually, one of my former students is on the show with me today, Lori Wright. And she has such an incredible story. I know you're going to love hearing from her. We had such a great conversation about business and possibility and intuition. So much value Lori is bringing to the table today. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Lori Wright, also known as Not Your Average Grandma, identifies herself as a late-in-life purpose finder who had a 30-plus-year career in corporate America before finding her true passion as a certified master neuro coach. With her signature program, the Second Half Spark School, and Spark is an acronym, S-P-A-R-K, Lori helps women ignite a later-in-life spark by reconnecting with their authentic self and uncovering what they truly want out of life so they'll stop wondering, is this it? She also has a podcast called Living Your Sparked Second Half, where she covers topics intended to inspire listeners to live a happier and more fulfilling second half. And I'm telling you, she is doing it. She is walking her talk and helping so many people with her work. I know you're going to love the conversation. So let's head on over to the show. Lori, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Of course, any time with Tracy is my favorite Aww. time. Oh, <laughs> that's so nice. And, you know, I can't believe I was on your show years ago out when I was still out in California. And when I realized you haven't been on the show yet, I was like, what has gone wrong here? I got to get Lori Wright on this show. So here we are. I'm glad it's, you're here. It's always the right time when you do it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Lori, I always start with the same question with everybody. Just give us a, a brief overview of who you are and what you do. Okay. Well, I go by Not Your Average Grandma online. So a lot of people know me from that. And that's a good description because my goal in life is to not be that old, frumpy, unhappy old lady, which I saw my grandmother's being. 
never doing what they really wanted to do in life. And a lot of my aha moments on how I wanted to be not average have come since I've turned 50, Mm. like crazy, crazy stuff. And so I really, my mission now is turned into helping women over 50 find who they really are, rediscover that authentic version of themselves and find new purpose in their second half. Because oftentimes we, we, I, I believe we have different purposes. We can have multiple purposes, but I believe one of our purposes, if we love our children and raising our children, and if you're a mother, you can probably relate. I was a working mom, but my kids were my everything. Mm-hmm. And the years I spent, and I had my first one, I was 23. My second one, I was 25. And the years I spent raising those children, guiding those children, mentoring those children was the best years of my life. And when they left, I felt almost like my life ended. Yeah. And I found my, even though I had a job, you know, you think your job's your purpose, but it was like, oh my gosh, they were my purpose. Now I don't have a purpose. And now, you know, is there another purpose? <laughs> it's just a lot of yeah. questioning that yeah. happens. And so I just started to go on this adventure of finding out what would make me happy. Yeah. And so it started by leaving my 25 year marriage. That was one thing. And then, you know, it's been a long journey, but I really feel like I have stepped into who I am. I feel like I know what my agreement is that I came here to do and I couldn't have done it any sooner. And the best is yet to come. So that's, that's kind of me in a nutshell. Yeah, I love that. And you're just such a delight. I know for me at, you're not your average grandma. You're really not. I think there's, there's so much inspiration in you to inspire others. And I want to say something about 50. I want to touch on that, but I want to ask you something. Would you call yourself a risk taker? Would you call yourself courageous? That is interesting. Well, I think I have learned to take more risks because I know that if you don't take risks, you'll never find true happiness. Yeah. And to me, when you say, are you a risk taker? I am willing to step outside of my comfort zone now. But for many, many years, I was not willing to do that for fear of upsetting the apple cart, so to speak, that ruffling feathers, hurting other people. I don't even think I knew how unhappy I was because I was so busy. Mm -hmm. We get lost in the busyness of our lives. And I, I remember I used to pride myself on the fact that I was a multitasker and that I couldn't sit still. It was like a badge I wore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so so great. I can't sit still. I just go, 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 and I can get so much done. And little did I know that all that busyness and doing, doing, doing was keeping me from really listening to what my heart wanted. It's so true. And that is the thing I think that is your superpower is your ability to step outside your comfort zone. So for those of you that are listening, especially my people pleasers, if you want to see this modeled, on a level even beyond how I can model it, 
Lori's your girl. I mean, this is something I've known about Lori from the day I met her. We met about four years ago at that event out in California. And I, I think that's such an important skill. I think to be able to say, okay, I'm going to step out of my comfort zone. So valuable. And I really think about that in relation to the story about calling up your high school sweetheart. Yeah. Will you just give that story in a nutshell? I just think it's such a great story. I know the listeners would love it. Sure. And he he's college, but that's okay. Oh, college. Okay. Sweetheart too. Okay. But yeah. So he he was really a soulmate. I mean, I knew we had this thing and it's the kind of relationship that like he knew what I was thinking before I even knew what I was thinking kind of thing. But he wasn't ready to settle down and I wanted to get married. I knew he was the one. And so when I realized he wanted to date other people, I didn't want to share him and I didn't want to be third on the list or fourth on the list. And he was really into rugby and he, you know, he was just sowing his wild oats. And back then, you know, I didn't really understand a man's mind versus a woman's mind. I didn't have that maturity level. And I wish I could have gone off and done whatever I wanted to do, but I wanted to have kids and I wanted to create sort of what my parents had created. Mm -hmm. And they married young and it was very successful. And So I moved on and the first guy I met was somebody I married. And that was a really fast, we dated eight months and got married. Mm -hmm. And I remember walking down the aisle thinking, you know, convincing myself in my head I was doing the right thing. Like Mm -hmm. all the reasons why I was right to marry him and all the reasons I was right not to marry the other guy. Mm-hmm. which we do. We get on our head and we convince ourselves of the things that we think we should do versus the things we really desire deep down. And so, yeah, I remember when I woke up the morning after we got engaged and first thing I thought when I woke up was, am I doing the right thing? Oh, wow. <laughs> and that wow. is like not a way to wake up after your engagement. It'd be like, should be the best day of your life, right? Yeah. And so we ended up being married for 25 years, having a really good life. Most people would think it was a glorious life. I, you know, had a great job and great house and great cars. And, you know, it's all the material things that disguise Mm. the true inner unhappiness, I think. And I recognized that it wasn't the things that made me happy Mm. at one point. And so we went to marriage counseling. There were some times that the lack of internal happiness actually on both our parts, but we were committed. We were committed to keeping it together. We were committed to our family with two girls. And the older I got, the more distant we got, we ended up being what I would say brother and sister kind of, Mm. that's what we were. And it's hard to divorce your brother. Yeah. (laughs) You know, somebody you love, somebody you spent a life with. Yeah. So of course I did a lot of convincing myself to not upset the apple cart. Mm -hmm. And when I was, and I'm making this a long story. You said a short story. No, you're okay. You're good. But I haven't heard some of these pieces (laughs) of the story. I love it. And I went to, uh, and this is a sign of how uh, kind of distant we were. My, one of my best friends from high school, was getting married in California, her second marriage. And she invited us to the wedding. 
And I was all excited about going to La Jolla and to a nice wedding. And I I wanted him to come and he didn't want to come. Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't even know her. Mm-hmm. Yet she was a bridesmaid in our wedding. <laughs> so, oh, wow. yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it wasn't somebody like we kept in constant contact yeah. with, but so he chose to not go to California to a really nice place with me. And mm-hmm. I was okay with that. I was still going to go. Mm-hmm. And I had a little bit too much to drink at the rehearsal dinner. <laughs> and I came back to my hotel room and I I coined a new phrase. I drunk Googled my college boyfriend who I'd been thinking about through the years. You know, yeah. I saw a box in my my utility room with all his the stuff and cards he had written or, and, and we had shared. And so anyways, I left a voicemail. <laughs> remember me the girl you dated in college <laughs> so anyways, but he called back he was available uh we lived apart we were about two hours apart we met halfway a week later had lunch and we've been together ever since and it's amazing my husband of 14 years it's amazing risk taker courage Right yes. there. It's yes. just, and following your heart and uh, allowing, I think allowing is the word that comes up for me. When I, you talk about, you know, getting out of the comfort zone and how we wear busy and how we get so involved in these things that don't really matter. All of that says to me, what are we avoiding and then when the kids leave, Lori, and the the job ends or the marriage ends or whatever, and here we are in our 50s or 60s or 70s, what were we, not that we didn't love all of that stuff, but do you find that we do things to avoid feeling an emptiness or feeling, I don't know, am I, am I making sense? Yeah. And I've learned more about this. We get dopamine from being busy. So mentally, our brain, it's kind of like an addiction. Okay. And we don't even realize it. And I think subconsciously, we're afraid of the truth. Okay. Because we know it's our mind's way of protecting us from the reality that we've chosen what we don't want in a way. Wow. So it's a combination of that addiction and that denial. Yeah. And I, I, for me, I know that's true. And I feel that you have to live your life experiences sometimes to find your purpose, your later in life purpose. And I, I had a visualization that just like my future, you came to me and cause I was so feeling so old, like the missed the boat, you know, it's too late for me and blah, blah. And she said to me, cause I said, I'm so sorry. I took so long to find my way. And she said, well, Laura, you couldn't, you couldn't have done, you can't do what you're doing now if you had, it, it, it wasn't yeah. the path. Wow. And it was like, so for me, oh my gosh. So you just have to choose today what you want going forward. Yeah. And, and that's the right path as long as it's your truth. Yeah. You know, you touched on something that I want to, there's a couple of things I want to further discuss there. I don't know if this happened with you. I don't know if it happens with many people, but I kid you not, the morning I woke up and was 50, the day of my 50th birthday, my whole world changed. I felt this sense of urgency 
this mission driven, I felt totally different that day. Like, okay, I've got to, I've got to serve the remainder of my time here. Well, do you think that's common? Is that, does that happen? And maybe it's 50, maybe it's when the kids go to college, maybe it can be any kind of catalyst, but I think it's really when we're over 50 that we start to feel that. Is that, I mean, you're the expert on this. Is that right? Yeah. I learned something because I've gotten into a little bit of the outside the logical world and into the more spiritual and woo-woo world. Yeah. And I've gotten very curious about how our personalities come into play, how we chose this experience. I do believe that our soul decided on yeah. this journey for us. And so I've gotten into, and I'm by no means any kind of an expert, but I have had a reading, an astrological reading. And what I found out is that when you are in your 50s, nearing 60, Sagittarius returns. I think it's called Sagittarius. Yeah, um, yeah. Returns. And depending on your age and your specific alignment in the zodiac sphere, and again, can't you tell I'm not an expert? But anyways, <laughs> uh, but depending on where you came in and where you land on your chart, that sec oh Saturn, Saturn, not Sagittarius. Sorry. Oh, okay, okay. Saturn. It's a second return of Saturn because it's all Moon. It's all in the Moon, yeah, yeah. right? And, and, wow. and or Moon and and planets. Sagittarius is the zodiac. Saturn is the moon. So the return of Saturn happens when you're okay. in your late 50s, nearing 60. Right. And that's why we become unsettled. Oh, wow. Why we become searching, like probing, you know, mm -hmm. what's this next phase of our life going to be? And I thought that was very, very interesting. So it's a time for everyone to, you know, they say midlife crisis, you know, that can come earlier, but there is technically in astrology, it's a real, real time that that happens. So I would say if that perks your interest to go look at your, learn more about the astrology and get, yeah. get a reading because it's yeah. really fascinating stuff. Really, yeah. It tells you a lot about you. It's important, like where you were born and the time mm -hmm. you were born, a lot of this. Yeah. So it's yeah. cool. You know, as I was listening to you talk about that, I was thinking about something that you talked about earlier. I want to touch on around multiple purposes. Mm -hmm. And as I was hearing you talk about the moons and, you know, we feel these certain things, it really locked in for me what you're saying about we all have different purposes because goodness, the wisdom I have now that I didn't have at 20 or 30 or maybe even 40, you know, yeah. There's this whole, I mean, and what you don't want to waste that. Wisdom mm -hmm. is like gold, I think. Mm -hmm. But yet people, yes. do you find that your ideal clients that with the women, and I think you, do you just work with women or do you work with yes. women? At, yeah, it's just women. women. Okay. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do they have a feel for what that purpose might be? Or do they not have any idea? They know there's something, but they have yeah, no idea. Yeah, it varies. I have okay. a wide spectrum. I have people who don't have a clue and they don't think, okay. and this was me. I didn't think I, I thought it was my kids. And yeah. if it was anything else, I would have found it by now. And oh. then I have people who know, but they're not 
going all in on it. In other words, they're afraid. They're holding back. They've got a secure job, for example. And they think a lot of us have kind of these blinders on. And it's like the best way I can describe it is pretend you're a horse. Horses look forward and so they're not distracted and they're going forward. They can only see within the blinders. We have blinders going backwards behind us. We can only see what we've lived. We Mm. can only see our experiences or the experiences we've seen people we know live. And so there could be options that we can't even imagine that are open to us. And so we live in this world of what's ahead of us is only what we know in our brain. Instead of infinite possibilities, pretend, just pretend you take those blinders off and there's a whole world that is of a whole different, you know, gosh, you've never even seen it. Colors you haven't even, aren't even in the Crayola spectrum of colors. So we tend to be self-limiting based on just how our brain works. And so I think that, and that so true. So we only think, okay, my forward options are quitting my job or getting fired or, oh, maybe I could take a leave of absence. You know, we don't think outside the box and the way it actually works, which is the trick that people, you just have to have this faith because we want to control everything. And so it's kind of mm-hmm. like hard to have faith. And when you're trying to control stuff, it's kind of means you don't have faith. You, yeah. just, you want to control it. And so what that means is you just have to state what you want. I want to do my purpose full time. I would love to find a way, help me universe, find a way to do this thing that I love to do. And heck, if something might just drop in your lap. But you have to think about it a lot and you have to be taking the next step that you think might be the next step, whether it's perfecting that skill that you have or whether it's connecting with a group of people where you might be able to get ideas from. You have to be moving in a direction that lets the universe know, yeah, you want it. You're trying to move and let me help you. And so it's, and then these things, you get a call from someone or you get a Mm -hmm. random check in the mail Mm-hmm. I just got, I just got $15,000 that I didn't know I had. <laughs> I thought about that as soon as you said that, because yeah. I remember the like, day you got that. Yeah. Keep going, keep going on doing this. Here's some yeah. more money for it, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. And it was, it was dumbfounding. And so anyways, I did a retreat just for your audience to know is I did a retreat. It was my first retreat, something I always wanted to do. It was on my vision board and it was costing me some money. Because, you know, I didn't care. I was like, I'm going to invest in this and I'm going to do it just because I want to do it. And I do have students who I had promised a retreat to. And because of COVID, I hadn't carried out on it. And so I did the retreat and I was, you know, thinking about, you know, and I think my husband even commented, how much is this costing you? Mm. But it was like, I wanted to do it. And I Mm -hmm. never felt so much in my purpose during that retreat. Those two days were amazing. And the day before we started, we were there, I was there setting up and I got an email out of the blue that, oh, by the way, we've been withholding this money and it's yours. You just have to take this step. And and it wasn't a scam. It was real. Yeah. I got the $15,000. And so it's just like, you don't know what you know. I have my blinders. I, there, that mm-hmm. 15000 wasn't anywhere. Right. Right. Within my vision that I could see if I knew what 
I had done in the past that could potentially bring me $15,000. So yeah, so that was a pretty cool experience. And it just shows you that we tend to, and I don't remember even your question, but when, when it comes to purposes, I think it was around purposes, we hold ourselves back because A, we don't think we have one and B, because we might know it, but we think it's not possible to make it happen. And so those are two different things. And all of it is, yes, you do have a purpose. And purpose is simply, people make a big thing out of the word purpose. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's being fulfilled. Yeah. Having meaning in your life. Waking up yeah. in the morning, feeling like you are valuable. Yeah. That you have a reason for being. And if you weren't here, it would matter. Yeah. Because you have a mission and it, whatever mission... No matter how, and it, a lot of times missions start small mm-hmm. and then they grow. And so I have this thing I called second half sparked souls. So when you're fulfilled, you're a second half sparked soul if you're over 50. And I have two names for them. A passionate achiever is doing the work they love, but smaller impact, just very content getting mm-hmm. up, doing doing her thing. And then there's the difference maker. Mm-hmm. And, and she is somebody who's making a big impact in the world in some way, shape or form. And, you know, everybody defines what small and big impact is. That's for your own way to define it. But a lot of people, I think deep down inside, want to make a big impact, but they're too afraid to step into that. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like, well, start as a passionate achiever, find Mm -hmm. what you like, start setting goals, start doing the thing that makes you excited to get up in the morning and not hit the snooze alarm Mm -hmm. and see what develops. Yeah. How much do you think, you know, I know that there's a lot of noise in our heads around, well, I can't do that. Well, I don't even know what I, you know, all that in relation to what you're saying. But you said something when we first started. It makes me wonder how much is the noise? How loud is the noise? I'm too old. It's very loud for some people. Okay. And I do this free training and I came up with this analogy and it's like you're in, watching a two ring circus Mm. and you've got the roaring lions Mm -hmm. and you've got the pantomimes, the mimes Uh, doing the act. Yeah. Yeah. And you can't even pay attention to the mimes, but you learn more, you get more, you get more messages from the mimes than the lions, but the lions overpower everything. Are loud. Yeah. 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 And that's what you're too old. It's too late. It's past your time. I would the think voices that in would, our head. Yeah. 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 I mean, I've had that. You missed your opportunity. Yeah. You, you know, and I love it when I see those memes that come across the social media and they're like, Colonel Sanders didn't even start Kentucky Fried Chicken until he was mm-hmm. 55. And, you know, they list yeah. all these yeah. things. There's a, and, there's a lot. There, the the yeah. list is long. Yeah. Of people. Yeah. 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 And it's growing because, you know, now that the population is Mm -hmm. aging and the life expectancy is longer, you know, you can see some amazing examples on social media of people that are changed their lives completely Mm -hmm. later in life, way later in life. Grandma Moses is one I like to use because she was 76 when she started painting. We all know her paintings. Yeah. I didn't realize she was 76. 76. Yeah, that's awesome. And she painted for 25 years before she died. Yeah. Wow. And so if you think about it, 
like if you're listening and you're less than 76, like mm-hmm. what can you do between now and 76? Right. Yeah. And then A you got lot. 25 more years, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Subtract 25 years from how you are old are now and think what you were doing then. Yeah. And how much has changed and how much you've learned in that time frame and how many different paths you've walked and taken. Yeah. It's kind of funny when you think about it because we think I'm 64. So I'm thinking I'm 64. And then I think that's, yeah, that's the life I lived. But how much of it was really living where mm-hmm. I was like working, where I was an adult? And if you subtract 64 from 21, it's like 40 some years and you think, oh my gosh, I could potentially have almost as much time left as I really have as this adult who's had a few different, several different, you know, not careers, but several different jobs, different jobs and learned a ton since I was 21 years old. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think too, there's, I think we spend, and I don't, again, I wouldn't want to talk for everybody, but I feel like almost by default, we spend many years of our lives, maybe not doing things that we love. Not that we don't love our children or we don't love our job, but we get in these grinds of existence. And it's like, where did that year go? Where did that two years go? I still want to do this thing. I've not Mm -hmm. done this thing. And so to have that to really have that opportunity to go, okay, this is what I'm going to create in the second half of my life is very, very exciting, I think. Mm, yeah, yeah. Do you find in your work with your clients that it can be even harder for the women that they, they were mothers? Maybe they, like, I know you had a job and were a mother, but I would imagine for the for everybody, mm-hmm. but... The, the women, well, when the kids go to college, I mean, I just can't, my, mine's still here. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm delaying it as long as I can <laughs> because it's everything you ever knew yeah. for many, many, many years is yeah. over. Yeah. And I just think about, you know, I have my work, you had your work, but I, I, is it even harder for the women that they were mothers? To then mm-hmm. figure out what, okay, what do I want to do now? Yeah, yeah. Well, I always say, look back at what you loved when you were younger. Look mm-hmm. back at the things, even go back to childhood. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the things I think that I would still love and could be a future purpose, who knows, but I, dog training. Mm-hmm. I loved pet animals. I was the one who would train our animals. And we had a number of litters, even though we didn't do that like professionally, but our dogs would get pregnant and then we'd help deliver the babies. And then I'd always taught my parents into keeping one and I would train it. I remember they had this liverwurst. One of my parents liked liverwurst, but it was, so I make the, I cut up these little chunks of liverwurst and I teach them how to sit and I teach them how to beg and I teach them how to lay down. And, and it's so funny because now I'm a coach and I think coaching, it doesn't matter who your clients are. Coaching a dog is, has a lot of similarities to coaching humans. And so, so look back at when you're younger. And I also now know that I was actually a coach for my children. Mm. We don't think the things that we are good at and love are our gifts. We think gifts have to be like, oh, I can sing like Adele (laughs) or 
uh, you know, that you have some kind of a knack for doing something mm-hmm. and we discount our knack for the connection that we feel when we talk to people. That's a mm-hmm. gift you, mm-hmm. you have. Yeah. And not everyone necessarily has it. It's also a skill you can develop. But if you find yourself, I loved going to the mall and watching people. So, mm-hmm. so, so interesting. And then when I started working with a personality expert and about typing people and reading people and guess what we did? Went to the mall. <laughs> we went to the mall and my homework assignment was to watch Survivor. And I'm like, oh my God, that's one of my favorite shows. So like the things we like have a very much of a significance to what we'd probably be good at and what our gifts are. Yeah. And 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 then I I realized, oh my gosh. So I was really coaching my kids because that's what a parent is. If you're Mm -hmm. a good parent and you raise kids that are contributing to society now, you did a damn good job at that, that. And that congratulations. Now, if you didn't really like it, then probably wouldn't like to coach, but, and everybody needs a coach. So Mm. I don't think there can ever be too many coaches. But what I also realized is that I was the first one to volunteer to be the coach for their teams when they were little, as they got older, Mm. I I, kind of grew out of my, my wheelhouse, but I was the assistant coach. Um, But I, I was basketball coach. I was softball coach. I was soccer coach. I didn't know a thing about soccer. And then, yeah, I was a coach, really. Yeah. Did my full-time job, ran home, never missed a game, never, was always there for them. Fortunately, I had two kids and their schedules didn't usually coincide. So there's signs there of things that you love to do. And I realized when I started evolving and looking at, and I kind of fell into coaching by I did a workout and at the time Beachbody was big and people were signing up as coaches while I wanted to lose 10 pounds. And so my daughter became a Beachbody coach. I signed up to support her. And then I realized, oh my gosh, I can help people get healthy like I got healthy. And so Mm -hmm. it was just kind of this total coincidence that I never liked network marketing and I was adamant not to join. And she asked me, a couple of times before I said yes. And finally, I only joined because I was going to get a discount. I was very skeptical and I was very anti, you honey can do it, but don't ask me again. Yeah. <laughs> I even remember a conversation in our, our, my kitchen where I was like, don't ask me again. And then of course, I really wanted to help people. Yeah. And I saw a need in my age group. Yeah. And if I did it, I thought anybody can do it because I was very, uh, I'll go to the gym and then never go to the gym. And and so it was so easy to just like turn it on my computer. And so I did that. And that allowed me, I say it was like kind of my training wheels to kind of coaching. I I could rely on, you know, the beach body trainers to kind of be the real, the coach. I was kind of the cheerleader and you can do it. But I started to really get interested in the human brain and what makes people lose weight and gain weight. And I realized I never wanted, I wasn't that big into fitness. Mm. Some people would go and be like a fitness, learn how to you know get their fitness license or whatever it is, personal training license. And I yeah. never had any interest in doing that. And then I thought, oh my gosh, I can do a course and I can teach people how to live a happier life. That's how I got Not Your Average Grandma. It was a joke at first. It was like I was working out and I was like, Not Your Average Grandma. I didn't even know what a hashtag was. And I started doing hashtags, Not Your Average Grandma. 
And then it just stuck. And yeah, that, that became my website. But so, you know, it's an evolution. I want people to know it's not just a one day, like a light bulb's on. I know it now. It's an experimentation. And it's just like any experiment. Let me try this. Let me put that on the slide and look at it. Let me put that on the slide and look at it. And you kind of have to feel into it. But it starts with interest. I have this graphic or graph that I put up in one of my free trainings. And it's one side is meaning and one side is interest. So that are the two things. The more interested you are in it, the more meaning it has for you, the more fulfillment will be a higher level. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And what I heard in it was permission to pivot. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought you you started with this, but then you moved over to this and it's morphed into this. And even though I've been in one realm, it's there's been tremendous pivots. Yeah. Pivots with clients that I work with or pivots with methodology that I've created or an area of focus. I'm focusing on sales or I'm not focusing on sales. So permission to pivot, I think, is something that becomes really important and we don't always allow that. Yeah. Yeah. I say there's two paths, a path of staying in your comfort zone and I call it meh, the path Mm. of meh or Mm. mediocre. Yeah. And too many people are living mediocre lives or there's the path of self-discovery. Yeah. And that's where you're going to find your purpose. And there are multiple forks in the road, but there are always switchbacks and cutbacks and you can, and as long as you're reducing your busyness and leaving time to listen and you're leaning into the feelings Mm -hmm. and you're not listening to other people telling you what Mm -hmm. you should do. Mm. I say meaning in that chart because we know what we're curious about, right? It's easy. Oh yeah, I know I'm curious about. We don't really know what other people are curious about or we don't necessarily care. You know, we, we don't get confused when it comes to curiosity. That's clear. But with the meaning, the mistake a lot of women make, and I find this in mothers mostly, well, I work with a lot of mothers, is it's hard for them to set meaning for them as a priority. Meaning, it has to be meaningful to the people they love. Mm-hmm. I can't do that if it's just for me. Yeah. I have to do it for my husband. It mm-hmm. starts off as I have to do it for my parents when we're younger as women, I think. Mm-hmm. Make my parents proud. Then mm-hmm. I have to do it for my kids. Mm-hmm. And I think when our kids leave, it opens us up to the possibility of the meaning for us because they're, they're on their own. And, but I find people that are still in marriages, a lot of them, the husband holds them back. Yeah. And it's not necessarily the husband's fault. (laughs) They think think that that their husband's not going to like this and maybe the husband won't, but I tell you the husband's come around Yeah, or the partners, you know, and you know, not going to assume that I work with women, but you know, there's, there's women who have, women partners. So, so whatever your partner thinks, I mean, you want to be cognizant of their feelings. You want to acknowledge their feelings, but you need to speak up for your happiness. Yeah. And if you are married to the right partner or with the right partner, they will support your happiness. And if they don't, isn't it time you find that out? Yeah. 
I'm so glad you said all of that. I was actually thinking as you were talking about that, I thought, yeah, but I bet there's a lot of women that their immediate habit that has been conditioned is I got to check with my partner. I'm not sure if I can do that. It becomes this not fear-based thing, but I have to have approval before I can do something I really want to do in love. Yeah. And that, that ends up being the hitch for many, many people, but you get the women on the other side of all of this and help them. Yeah. And and and, yeah. And their relationships change. Oh, their spouses become happier. Some of them have, have bad like relationships with their children or their children's spouses. Okay. It all changes. It all changes. When they change, everything changes. Yeah. They think, you know, they come in thinking, oh my God, you know, they're not happy and their relationships aren't good or as uh-huh. good as they could be. And then they think also, yeah, I know I have some problems, but they have some problems too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You change. It's the, you right. change how you vibrate in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And when you vibrate in a way that is happy mm-hmm. and positive and in a state of contentment, and ultimately peace, because that's what you'll have when you're living from a place of truth. People like being around you. Yeah. People ain't going to fight with you. Yeah. Unless they're the people that have that negative energy and they're just like angry at you because you're so emanating the positive. Yeah. And you just want to stay away from those people. Yeah. Yeah. Lori, how long is your program? It's, is it? Well, I have two weeks? options, a six okay. week and a 12. Yeah. Okay. So you have a three month and a six when are you running it again? I don't know. That's up in the air because okay. I have fallen back into busyness. And I think this Ooh. is a good thing to talk about because I think we all have habits. And mm-hmm. as I said, my most of my life has been, you know, getting into the busyness and getting away from the quiet, the where the you get the whispers and you get the direction and stuff. And, you know, I've fallen back into my workaholic ways. And mm. so... I've decided that I'm going to take a step back. I've just enrolled and I'm working with some students now and I'm going to take a step back. And I normally do an enrollment period in February. Okay. And I usually do February, end of May, beginning of June. And then I just did fall and I'm exploring. I'm exploring internally. And the great thing is that once you realize if you're this workaholic, person that has this tendency and you're really busy, as long as you have this awareness yeah, and then you recognize it, then you can like, okay, okay. And so I don't want to spend November and December in my workaholic mode and my busy mode. And I feel like I'm starting to fall into, I should do this. Mm. I have to do this. And Mm -hmm. Although I love coaching, there's nothing I would rather do more. I don't like big launches. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> there's a model by which I've been trained, these big launches. Yeah. And I've come to realize in some quiet time I've spent in the last couple of weeks that I don't really think it's aligned with me and what I'm here to do in the world. I just, I'm getting this message that's not aligned. And so I'm looking at a new business model. I'm still going to do the school, but I don't know the next time I'm going to open enrollment. And in fact, I did my first retreat in September and I'm going to do another retreat. I'm looking at May. Okay. And I want to start to do more retreats. Yeah. And I might do 
and again, you're hearing this for the first time and I am still exploring this, but I'm considering opening enrollment for the people that go to my retreat and, you know, they can come and continue. Cause in the last retreat I had people, they wanted to continue and I didn't really have, cause I wasn't, the school wasn't open at the time and it wasn't opening yet. And some Mm -hmm. of them were students already from that had been in the school. So thank you for the question. You probably don't get a lot of people who say, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm the one that usually says, I don't know. When are you going to run it again? I don't know. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You know, somebody emailed me this week. They're like, they asked me, so, what are you going to be offering around then? Give me a link for that. And I'm like, I don't know. That's like two months from now. I'll figure that out right yeah. before I do it. But what I love about what you said is you're walking your talk. You're doing yeah. what lights you up. So I can't answer the question about the school right now because I'm focused over here on this thing that lights me up and I'm going to pursue that. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. I Which also found that my, I do this free training three times a year and it's, it's people call it a course when they go through it. Cause it's like seven yeah, videos mm-hmm. and although they're short videos, but they are like, people have such aha moments and breakthroughs in mm-hmm. them. And I feel like I need to make that more available. Yeah. Okay. And so I'm, thinking about how I can run it like in an automated way. Like yeah. one of the people that was in the free training, her story struck me so much. I emailed her yesterday just to check on her, but she had been bawling for three days. Wow. Because her 60th birthday was 10 days away. Oh, okay. And her life has changed where her kids are now gone. Yeah. And I think they've yeah. recently moved. Yeah. And she saw my free training registration and she signed up. And she's like, after the watching the seven videos, she's like a different person. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. In all caps. Yeah. And I thought about her and her birthday was on Monday, her 60th yeah. birthday. And I'm so thankful that she had the guts to take yeah. action. Cause even though it's free, a lot of people sign up and they don't even do it. So that's the busy up. people. Yeah. 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 And so I'm thankful that she saw it, that she took action, that she made the time and that her 60th birthday was a hell of a lot better than it would have been. Yeah. Thanks to and you. I, yeah. And I, well, I just want to do that for more people. Yeah. And three times a year just doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, it's, you're just serving your purpose. Yeah. And you'll figure it out and it'll change and it'll shift. And I'm a hundred percent okay with that. But what we'll do in the meantime is we'll follow you on social media. Yeah. Listen yeah. to the podcast. Yes. Yes. Not yes, living your spark that, second half. Li- living, living your spark, your spark. second half. Okay. And yeah. we're going to put these links in the show notes. So we'll put the link to the podcast. We'll link to Instagram, Facebook, maybe. And yeah, then not your average. If you just like search on not your not average. Your, that's you everything. Find myself, everywhere. Yeah. yeah except yeah. the podcast. Okay. Yeah. And then we'll keep an eye out for maybe you package up that offer and roll it out that free. We'll look for the free yeah, training. Yeah. We'll look we're going to do, we're going to, that's my focus is really to kind of yeah. revamp the free training, re-record it because it's a little old now. It's been a couple of years and have that, you know, start up in January because that's when people are looking for stuff. Yeah, a lot of times. So yeah, Yeah. thank you so much for having me. It's always a delight to talk to you. Well, I loved having you and this was a great conversation. So thank you for giving us your time and all your wisdom being with us today. Yes. All right. And thank you listeners. Always great to have you. And that's it for today. I'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to Captivate the Room with Tracy Goodwin. You can reach out to her at CaptivateTheRoom.com and be sure to grab the voice formula a free video series that will help you start making a bigger impact with your voice today. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a review on iTunes.